morning, y'all. I'm Katie Kamen, and it's Wednesday, March 8th. On this date in 1971, the boxer who claimed to float like a butterfly and sting like a bee, Muhammad Ali himself, was defeated in what was called the fight of the century. Do you know which boxer defeated Ali? I'll have that answer coming up. But first, let's head over to the Live 5 First Alert Weather Center for your Wednesday forecast. And good Wednesday morning to you. A cold front moved through overnight, and it's much cooler as you head out the door this morning. Grab a jacket of coat. Temperatures primarily in the 40s. Breeze out there make it feel a little bit cooler first thing today. We had 61 by the time we hit lunchtime and mid to upper 60s for our highs this afternoon with the north wind. Yesterday, we were up in the mid to upper 80s for inland areas. So much, much cooler. We'll be cooler tomorrow morning at 43, 68 tomorrow afternoon. Could see some showers as we head towards tomorrow evening. Best chances some showers moving through be during the daytime hours on Friday. Dry out Friday evening, sunny, beautiful Saturday, but cooler at 66. And then clouds will increase on Sunday with some showers possible by the afternoon. You're listening to Morning Y'all, your local headlines and first alert weather forecast powered by the Low Country's news leader, Live 5 News. Now let's get to your morning headlines. Two of the victims kidnapped in Mexico are back on American soil and are recovering in the hospital. Yeah, the U.S. government is still working to get the bodies of the two victims who were killed. Omar Villafranca talked to the wife of a survivor who says the family is in shock. Two Americans who survived being caught in a shootout and kidnapped by cartel gunmen were taken to a hospital in Brownsville, Texas today. Mexican authorities found Latavia McGee and Eric Williams at a stash house outside the city of Matamoros after gunmen moved them to multiple locations to avoid capture. It was the end of a road trip for cosmetic surgery. McGee, Williams, along with their close friends Shahid Woodard and Zindel Brown traveled last week from South Carolina to Matamoros so McGee could have cosmetic surgery. This video shows the moment when they were kidnapped at gunpoint after being caught in a shootout between rival cartel gangs. Here, you see McGee being forced into the back of a pickup truck by armed men, with others who appear hurt, also dragged and loaded onto the truck bed. Woodard and Brown were killed. Traveling abroad for medicine and medical procedures is common. More than a million Americans traveled to Mexico for health tourism last year, spending about $250 million. 38-year-old Williams, a husband and father, was shot in the leg, but is expected to survive. We talked to his wife, Michelle, moments ago from North Carolina. She didn't want to show her face, but says she talked to her husband today. Did he tell you anything about that moment at all? No, we didn't discuss it because it was, to hear his voice, it was just a lot of crying. My son was there, and my son just wanted to hear his voice. And then he had to go because he was going into the, the hospital. CBS News has learned that McGee had been to Mexico before for a cosmetic surgery. Investigators are blaming the Gulf Cartel for the incident, while Mexican authorities have announced they have arrested a 24-year-old in connection with the attack. Omar Villafranca, CBS News, Brownsville, Texas. The governor of the Mexican state they were in says the bodies of the two dead will be turned over to the U.S. following forensic work. Uh, tonight, people will gather for a prayer vigil in honor of the victims. That'll be in Scranton, a small town in Florence County. 
It'll be held at the Word of God Outreach Ministries starting at 7. Meanwhile, Senator Tim Scott released a statement on the incident saying, this is heartbreaking tragedy for our state and nation, and I encourage others to join me in praying for the victims and their families. I will continue to work with law enforcement and officials at every level of government to demand answers for South Carolinians. Today, Senator Lindsey Graham is set to hold a press conference where his team says he will unveil legislation to combat the fentanyl issues in America and the violence caused by Mexican drug cartels in reference to the kidnapping. Graham says the legislation would designate Mexican drug cartels as foreign terrorist organizations and authorize the use of military force against them. Well, Carnival Cruise Lines has released an update on the death of one of their passengers last week. The FBI previously called the death suspicious, but the cruise line says the woman died from natural causes. A statement from the cruise line reads in part, while we continue to cooperate with authorities, all indications pertaining to the death of a guest on board Carnival Sunshine suggest that it was a natural death due to a medical condition. The cruise line did not specify how they came to that conclusion. Meanwhile, the FBI has not released any additional information about the investigation and the passenger's official cause of death has also not been released. According to the FBI, the cruise ship left Charleston back on February 27th on a five-day trip to the Bahamas. The FBI says while on that trip, staff members were made aware of an unresponsive passenger and tried life-saving measures which were unsuccessful. Authorities in the Bahamas are also investigating the incident and performing an autopsy. A position that's been the topic of discussion at Colleton County School Board meetings for months and this morning still remains unclear. Last night, the board took no action on the future of Colleton County School District Superintendent Dr. Valerie Cave at the special called board meeting. The topic of her contract has been on the executive session agendas since at least November. And plead, uh, the, they pleaded with the board to let her do her job or let her go. Our Molly McBride tells us what some community members had to say. After an hour-long executive session, Carlton County School Board members returned to a silent crowd, not addressing the outcome of their discussion about Dr. Cave. Earlier in the night, we heard from community members who stood in support of Superintendent Cave. Hiram Davis is the chairman of the Coalition for a Better Colleton an organization that promotes bettering Colleton County overall. He said the entire county is suffering from the back and forth debate about the fate of their superintendent and wishes the board would let her do her job or let her go. I hope either they, they let her be and let her do her job like she's been hired to do and like she's been doing or terminate her so we can move on because our county is suffering, our, our children, we're suffering. The staff is suffering. All four speakers in last night's meeting were in support of Dr. Cave. Cave and other board members did not explain anything after they came out of their executive session. There's no information at this time of if or when the board will revisit Dr. Cave's contract. Reporting in Walterboro, Molly McBride, Live 5 News. Now, the topic of Dr. Cave's employment was under the executive session of that agenda, which means what was talked about between board members was behind closed doors and private. They had the choice of whether or not to take any action and decided not to. The South Carolina State Fair has announced an increase in funds for its annual Ride of Your Life scholarship program. 50 high school seniors could be the recipients of that scholarship. The 67% increase is the first to happen in over a decade, raising the individual award amount per student from $6,000 to 10000 
Scholarships will be paid out at $2,500 per year. This applies to four-year and two-year degrees. The deadline to apply for this scholarship is just a week away, March 15th. We have a link on live5news.com under the big red box. Well, the Charleston County Public Library has received a grant from Roper St. Francis Healthcare's Community Investment Program. The money is going to be used for their free and fresh community fridge program. This program provides free fruits and vegetables at select libraries in higher food insecurity areas. Our Samantha Popovic, she joins us at St. Paul's Hollywood Library. And Sam, tell us uh, more about this grant and how it will help. Roper St. Francis Healthcare's Community Investment Program has granted Charleston County Public Library $10,000, which will help keep the library's food program afloat during the off-season months. There are three community fridges at three of the library's branches participating in the Free and Fresh Program, Otranto Road Library, St. Paul's Hollywood Library, and John L. Dart Library, which is currently closed for renovations. Charleston County Public Library says produce of fruits and vegetables, which are stocked about once a week in these community fridges, are donated by the public when they have leftovers and local community partners. When the library receives grant funding, officials are then able to purchase the produce. The fruits and veggies could go as quickly as by the end of the day. Charleston County Library Associate Director of Community Engagement Kathleen Montgomery says the grant from Roper St. Francis' Health Care's Community Investment Program allows the continuation of the library's program during these winter months when it is off-season for fresh local produce. The Roper St. Francis funding that we've received is really exciting, um, especially with the timing now because we're able to purchase produce now in the winter um, when the growing seasons are leaner. Um, in the summer, we know that we see we have a lot of uh, donations from our local partners, but um, the, the money from these grants uh, from this grant specifically is going to able to uh, allow us to purchase produce to to supplement. Montgomery says there is a high need for free and fresh program and it is open to the community. She says those who utilize this program have access to the fridges as needed. Charleston County Public Library's goal is to supplement these fridges as they can and say food access, food literacy, and equity are a big part of the library's mission. Montgomery says over 50,000 pounds of produce were donated in the year of 2022 to three of the library's participating branches. For more information on how you can donate, head to our website, live5news.com, and click, click the link in this article. Reporting live in Hollywood, Samantha Popovics, Live 5 News. Historic preservation is on the agenda tonight at the West Ashley Revitalization Commission. Preservation advocates say after years of individual battles over specific buildings, this is a chance to formally discuss what policy options might look like. Andrew Rowan joins us live from West Ashley. And Andrew, tell us more about what people can expect tonight at that meeting. Well, we can expect a discussion over this central question. In a city of history, how old is old enough for historic preservation? It's a question in West Ashley that has been thrown around for a while, but this is all really bubbling up again to the surface. It happened last month. That was when an architect requested to demolish this house at 1731 Savannah Highway. Those against demolition said the building stone represents the last remaining structure from the 1940s time period when it was built. Some Stone Oak Park neighborhood residents said they wanted it preserved, and the Charleston Design Review Board sided with them. But that decision came with a bit of an asterisk next to it. 
Board members said they wanted more guidance on what the city envisions for preservation off of the peninsula. Take a listen to what one member had to say. What is the vision of West Ashley? We need to plan and protect the buildings that may not go back to 1798 or 1787 when General Washington visited Charleston or may not go back to the Civil War necessarily. That conversation will be front and center tonight. I spoke with one of the members of the West Ashley Revitalization Commission. He'll ask his counterparts to endorse a temporary moratorium on the demolition of buildings that are 50 years or older across the city. But this commission can't actually implement that. The idea if that is that if it votes to recommend that to city council, it sends a message about the urgency of the situation for them in West Ashley and hopefully encourages city council to more quickly address preservation ordinances. To try to continue protecting the neighborhoods and the historic buildings uh, without stopping the demolition of the buildings in that process, I mean, it could take years before we have that. And in the meantime, what we're trying to protect could be gone. It's like trying to fill a bathtub without putting the stopper in. You know, we really do need to put that stopper in. If you want to weigh in on your vision of preservation, the meeting will be held tonight at 5.30 p.m. at the Reserve in the Citadel Mall. In West Ashley, Andrew Rowan, Live 5 News. College of Charleston fans, the Cougars won their conference tournament last night and are headed to the big dance, the NCAA tournament. They won three straight games at the Colonial Athletic Association Conference Tournament in Washington, D.C. to secure the spot. Summer Hector was there to follow the celebration and joins us now with a look back at last night. Good morning, guys. Well, the College of Charleston heading back to the NCAA tournament for the first time since 2018. And this College of Charleston team, we knew they had something special back at the Charleston Classic at the beginning of this season. Now, 31 wins, only three losses this season. The Cougars took down UNC Wilmington in the CAA championship game, but not without a hard fight from the Seahawks from the state just above them. Now these two teams down to the wire. It was a back and forth game, but what this College of Charleston team has done all year, even when they were down in some moments, there was always that feeling that they were going to come back. That is exactly what the Cougars did in the second half. Ryan Larson taking over, leading the Cougars. He was named most outstanding player of the tournament. He had 20 23 points in the Cougars win. You know, defensively, giving up 27 points at half to a talented group like them isn't bad. Uh, we just didn't shoot the ball too well. Credit to them on defense, and second half, we just found ways to get the ball in the basket. What wins championships is administrations, and the support Dr. Shu gives, uh, our board of trustees, the city of Charleston. We're just blessed and lucky to represent it, and we did it in a, in a pretty good way this year. This is huge. We're going to get more students, better students, because of Coach, Coach Kelsey, best coach ever. <laughs> now all these Cougars have to do is wait until Sunday to find out where they'll be going in round one of the NCAA tournament. That's going to do it from here in Washington, D.C. I'm Summer Hector, Live 5 News. At the top of the show, I mentioned that on this date, 52 years ago, boxer Muhammad Ali was defeated in what was billed as the fight of the century. It happened in New York's Madison Square Garden, and the boxer who claimed that victory was Joe Frazier. Celebrating birthdays this Wednesday, actor-director Mickey Dolenz of The Monkees is 78, jazz musician Billy Childs is 66, NBC News anchor Lester Holt is 64, Actor Freddie Prinze Jr. is 47, 
And Dawson's Creek actor James Vanderbeek is 46. Thank you again for joining us for Morning Y'all from Live 5 News. I'm Katie Kamen. I'll talk to you tomorrow. Thanks for listening to Morning Y'all, produced every weekday morning. You can listen and subscribe at live5news.com slash podcast. And download the Live 5 News app for your mobile device. Get the latest news and weather updates 24-7 from Live 5 News, the Low Country's news leader.